Hello, and thank you so much for checking out this episode of Value Driven Life. I am your host, Coach Chris McMahon, and today we are going to just dive straight in. We are going to be talking about how to follow through, how to stay consistent. This is something that comes up pretty often when folks ask me questions regarding their nutrition or their fitness. It's this idea of like, how can I stay consistent? Like, how can I stick with the thing. And the reason why this is coming up or the reason why I want to talk a little bit about it is because I've noticed a trend um, specifically on Instagram lately where I'll see a lot of posts from coaches saying that, all right, in the next six weeks, in the next 12 weeks, we're going to lose a large amount of weight. We are going to get ridiculously shredded, ridiculously strong. And I want to just point out that the likelihood of that actually working out is pretty small. And if it does work out well, the likelihood of you being able to sustain that change is pretty small. Now, this isn't to be negative. It's just to be aware because as we get closer to summer, some of the goals that we might have might be surrounding the idea of how we look at the beach, right? And maybe what we see on social media particularly is targeting that. And Again, it's okay. Everyone is entitled to their goal, but what's important to understand is that any sort of significant transformation that happens in six weeks, in order to have that happen, it could be one, it could be a severe caloric deficit, and that makes like adhering to it pretty darn hard. Like this idea of a severe deficit that is it's just hard to maintain. And it also could mean that you're doing super intense training sessions sessions in an effort to burn enough calories. But again, the reality of it is, is that is not sustainable. And then the other part of it is, are you putting enough attention on your sleep and recovery? Because usually something has to give while you're attempting to do this block, whether it be six weeks, whether it be uh, 12 weeks is is okay. Um, I don't actually... I don't believe 12 weeks is horrible, but I think we have to be realistic about what change is happening within 12 weeks, right? That's the thing. Uh, can we get stronger? Yes. Can we can we gain, gain and then lose uh, rapidly within that time period? Sure. Um, but again, we want to look at like the sustainability and we want to look at like the risk reward, right? So having blocks of training and nutrition that are dialed in can be totally helpful. Like I'm all for it. In fact, that that's what we try to work towards, right? But you want to consider what your limits are, what you're sacrificing and the likelihood of sustaining that change. So I'm going to, I'm going to shed some light on this losing two pounds a month. Let's say like two to four pounds is really, really amazing like amazing, like that's so challenging to do. And I don't think that enough credit is given for that when it happens, because look, you have a life, things are busy, things don't always go according to plan. So we have to understand two pounds a month is freaking amazing. And the other wonderful part is for my clients, at least, you never have to worry about those two pounds again, like you don't, right? Because 
someone knows how to get back on track with the skills that we particularly work on, whether that be for intentional weight loss, whether that be for weight neutral approaches, right? The behavior changes and the uh, health promoting behaviors that we work on, really anyone can come back to. So I'm just saying that we have to understand what we're actually looking at. So is it the two pounds a month that that we never have to worry about? Or is it the, you know, 15 pounds we lost in a month that seems to come back pretty quickly when we stop doing what we're doing? So we have to understand that once your six week block is over, once the transformation period is over, you have like 46 more weeks, right? 46 weeks, like that's a huge runway for change like that, that that's so much time you can get so much done in one year. And the way you can look at it is, what am I doing in each block? Have I been yo yo dieting this entire time, right? Maybe there's a block where we're really focused on on increasing the amount of calories you've been eating this whole time. Some folks could call it a reverse diet. Uh, what I would say is we're just eating in a surplus to get us back to a point where we feel comfortable. Right. And then it's about figuring out the behaviors and the changes. Maybe it's uh, looking specifically at at the calories we're having and everything like that and finding a specific range that works well with you to put you in a deficit that is maintainable, but isn't super drastic for that next block while we're also maybe adding in other activities like strength training and things like that. Right. There's there's all these things that can come into play here. But at the crux of it, the thing that we have to really think about is how am I going to stick with this? Like, how can I make this? Like, let's say we're not even looking at these six week rapid transformations. What we're actually looking about is like a, a, a year long process. Like, how can I actually stick with it, especially if I've fallen off in the past and haven't been able to get back on? So I'm going to give you five ways that you can follow through on your nutrition and fitness changes that you're trying to make. Number one. The first, the first one that I, I have come to believe is pretty obvious, but it, it, it doesn't seem that way for a lot of folks. And that's because I've just been doing this a long time. Uh, one is make it easy. Like, honestly, make it easier on yourself and meet yourself where you're at. So number one is make it easy. What do I mean by this? If you are someone who has never worked out in their life before, right? You can pretty much do anything and you'll see some sort of change. So that's number one. Like make it easy though. Make it easy for yourself to find this to be consistent for yourself. Making it easy might look like taking a habit like going for a walk every day and making sure that you're consistent with it all week, right? Make it easy might mean maybe you have to get some pre-made meals because it's just it's just too challenging for you right now to be able to cook and get everything right. Great. Make it easy might just mean following following a, a workout plan that someone else did. Great. Right? It may have worked for the other person. Who knows if it's going to work for you? But at least it's taking that equation out of your head where you can place the focus on just being consistent and showing up. So make it easier for yourself. If it if it if it's not a, a twelve out of ten on the ease scale, you you can chunk it back, work in reverse, make it easier for yourself, right? Make it really small, right? 
If you're not someone who eats a lot of vegetables, saying I'm only going to eat salads is extreme. Saying, no, I'm going to just try to have something green on my plate during every meal. That's a great place to start, right? Now, the next phase of this is create a supportive community, right? Have a supportive community for your journey, what you're working on. Now, this can be somewhat intimidating, right? Some, maybe you've never been comfortable telling people, your loved ones, your partner, your, your family members, your kids, the type of stuff you've been working on, right? Maybe, maybe there's a little bit of that factor in the back of your mind that if I tell someone what I'm doing and it doesn't work out, then, then I look like a fool, right? I, I've dealt with that before. It's a little bit of like, for me, it's a little bit of imposter syndrome. It's a little bit of like, ah, excessive expectations, right? And we wrap our head that it has to look a specific way. And if it doesn't look a specific way, then I'm a failure. A lot of that goes into this. So here are some ways that you can, you can, you can do this. Number one is if you have a family that you want to share what you're doing with, just tell them, tell them why. Tell them why you want to do this. An example could be maybe you went to the doctor and you got some really troubling news about about your cholesterol. Maybe you're just worried about that. Maybe you have a family history of heart disease or, or, or maybe, maybe you got, um, you did some blood work and your A1C came back and it was elevated and they told you you were at risk of type two diabetes, right? These are things that, that scare, they're scary, but they might just be the thing that motivates you to be able to start to do the thing, to start to make the changes. And if you're open and honest and say, Hey, you know what? I'm really trying to make X change. And the reason why I'm doing it is because I got this news and it's, it's, it's kind of scary for me. So I'm working really hard on trying this thing. Chances are when you're open and honest about that sort of thing, someone can be really, really helpful. And the next phase of that conversation could be, I'm trying to do this. Do you think you can help me? with this? Do you think maybe we can brainstorm some meals together? Do you think maybe, um, maybe we don't eat out as much for the next couple of weeks, just so I can really get a handle on this? Does that sound like something we can do? And of course, you're going to have to have compromise, right? Of course, it's going to have to be compromise, right? It could be something like, hey, I know you really, really love, you love ice cream every night. And it seems not to be an issue for you. And I love that. But for me, I'm noticing when I have ice cream, I tend to not be able to stop at like one serving. So I don't want you to not be able to have ice cream, but I'm noticing for me, it, it, it triggers something right now. Do you think maybe we can think of a way to brainstorm and a way to work it out? So maybe I'm not having so much temptation right now, right? These sorts of conversations open, open us up to be able to work, to figure out, to obstacle plan. You see, when we're actually, when we look and we obstacle plan, we're more likely to follow through on the thing. We are, right? Because it's not really saying, I can't have this, I can't do this. What it's doing is taking the situation and it's looking at a constructive way that I can try. And maybe it'll work, maybe it won't work. But if it doesn't work, then we can go back and say, say, why isn't this working for me? Why didn't it work? What can I do a little bit differently next time? And this is really where the crux of change can happen.
right? This is the beautiful thing about it. So number three, number one was make it easy. Number two, create a supportive community, right? Oh, and one more for number two. Community could be the, the folks that, you, that you're training with, right? It could be, it could be uh, joining a gym. It could be, that's why a lot of folks do CrossFit. It's simply for the community aspect. Now, do I think the programming is the best? No, but if someone is going and exercising and normally didn't do that, who am I? Who am I to judge someone for that? That's amazing. The community aspect of training is wonderful and can be pretty motivating. It could be like having a run buddy. It could be like uh, uh, making sure that you walk your dog. That's a that's a partnership. That that's a community aspect of it. It's very important, and we as a human species thrive on community, and some of us need that. So don't overlook it. Number three is schedule it. Seriously, schedule it. Schedule it. I, I talk about this a lot. And I even, I put a post up on Instagram. I think it was like last week. Uh, it, it was really simple and straight to the point. But I think folks overlook this. If you use the calendar on your phone and schedule all your workouts for the week, then you'll get a little reminder about a half hour before your workout. Like this in and of itself, if you have it scheduled into your schedule, you're more likely to do it than to say, well, I'm going to just try and do this, right? We're, we're making an appointment with ourselves. We're, we're making a commitment to ourselves. We're, we're starting here and it seems really small, but that's okay, right? It's okay. It's a small action that if you do on Sunday, you're preparing yourself for the week. It's a small action. And here's the cool thing about small actions. You don't get motivation without taking action. Action has to come first. We usually wait for a perfect moment. We wait for the perfect thing to motivate us to make any sort of change. But the reality of it is we need to take action. Action has to happen first. Action is a small commitment to ourselves, even when we don't want to do it, that allows us to build that momentum. And if we go really, really small with it, like just opening up our phone and scheduling something, then that one proves to us that we can do hard things, right? But two, it just makes it that much easier for us, right? It takes thinking again out of the equation during the week. If you're like, ah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to the gym at that time, right? And then it turns into, you know what? I scheduled it tonight. I'm going to take out my gym clothes and put them in my gym bag, right? Those, those can be the, the two five minute actions you take for yourself that actually changes your entire week. So schedule it. Number five, uh, number four, <laughs> I got excited. If you miss a few days, it's okay. If you miss a few days, it's okay. You just have to practice the art of getting back on track. Now, I know this is easier said than done. I'm well aware of that. And I, I actually heard something really cool the other day. Um, it's like you're not, you're not going to really – I can't remember where I heard it. It might have been on Instagram. But – the idea is you're not really going to be aware of how to do this until you actually try to do it. Like you're not going to be aware of how to get back on track until you try to do it. And this is really hard because we attach a lot of our worth to our success and we define success sometimes as being perfect. Now, perfect doesn't exist. And if you practice the art of being perfect, then you're really good at just quitting things. That, that is what it is because perfection is procrastination. 
right? Perfectionism is the art of just quitting a lot of things. What we're actually trying to work towards or what most of my clients are trying to work towards, what I'm trying to work towards is not being perfect. It's not. It's, it's pursuing excellence. Now, Josh Hillis talks about this in his book. Uh, actually, I have it right here next to me. Lean and Strong, Eating Skills, Psychology, and Workouts. In this book, he talks about this concept of pursuing excellence. Like that is one of the, the, the 10 turning points for someone. Pursuing excellence. What does this mean? Pursuing excellence means that I am just working to better myself every single day. And that looks a little bit different for every single person. It's not being perfect though. What it actually is, is practicing the art of trying, making mistakes, learning from the mistakes, trying again, making progress, trying again, making mistakes, right? It's this wave of making mistakes, but learning that mistakes are a part of the process. And another way we can look at it is kind of how James Clear looks at it when we're working on habits. We have to treat it as if we are scientists collecting data points along the way. It doesn't necessarily mean you are a failure if things aren't working. That's not how scientists think of it. They just take that information, they collect it, they analyze it, they say, oh, here's why this didn't work. Let me go back to the drawing board and try it again and make a tweak. Same thing can be applied here. If things are falling off, it's like, okay, what am I doing right now? What did I try that isn't working? How can I obstacle plan this? How can I go back and say, okay, you know what? I scheduled my workouts at this time, but that's really that's really hard for me because I also have to pick up my my son at this time. What if I oh, you know what? What if I just move it a day and I talk with my wife about this new thing I'm trying and see if we can finagle our schedules around. Okay. Let's try it and see what happens. It's not a sign that I'm a failure. What it's a sign of is I'm someone who's willing to try. And that's so big, right? It's not, you can't measure success by the perfect weeks. It's how well you can get back on track when you have the normal weeks, <laughs> because that's what we're all dealing with. And number five, number five is quite possibly the most important one of them all, in my opinion. Ask for help. Ask for help. If you need help, ask, because that's the only way you will be able to make progress. Help can look different, right? Number one, the, the cheapest form of help that you can actually try is using the Google machine. Literally, just Googling your question and seeing what comes up. Of course, as you go through and you try some of the stuff, maybe you'll learn what you like, what you don't like. That's really big right? That's a part of it. Maybe, maybe that's why you're listening to this podcast, right? Maybe that's why you're listening to my show right now, because you want to learn a little bit more. And maybe this is giving you some different ways that you can go about this. Maybe this is giving you exactly what you need to be able to move forward a little bit. That's big. That's really, really big. And it's what, it's what we need sometimes. So is we have to look and actually use the tools that are there. Those can be books. Those can be podcasts. Those could be asking a friend. Those can be going to this next option, which is hiring a coach, 
right? If you hire a coach, someone whose sole purpose is to be really good at the things that you're trying to work towards, well, you're more likely to learn, right? Having mentors, hiring coaches are a fantastic way to get to the next place you want to go, right? I, I, I'm truly, truly lucky that I've had some mentors and some coaches along the way that have been so open and so honest and have really shown me things that I could be doing differently and guided me to be able to do them in a more efficient way. But perhaps what's been the most important thing and the thing I really strive to do as a coach for my clients who are, who are focused on intentional weight loss, it's really, really helping someone develop self-compassion as they move forward right this this level of self-compassion this understanding that you're a human this understanding that you're gonna make mistakes this understanding that specifically the weight you want to lose is not a determining factor of the worth you have however that weight you lose will allow you to do the things that you maybe want to go do which is a beautiful wonderful thing right it's coexisting in this messy area right? If we do want to lose weight, even if you don't want to lose weight, but you just want to be able to keep up with your kids or to be able to carry all the groceries in in one trip. Those are valid reasons too. And that's what I love helping people be able to reach and accomplish. And there's a lot that goes into that and comes from that. So with that, I, I, I really do hope this episode helped you in some way. And I, I would love to know if it did. So if you could take some time, I'd appreciate a five-star review. You could do it on Spotify. You could do it on Apple. You could do it on Google. You can pretty much do it anywhere you're listening to this podcast. And write a review. If you write a review and you leave a five-star review, the likelihood of someone else finding this podcast episode goes up. And for me, that, that means the world. Right, I, I do this because I want to be able to help as many people as I can to navigate this complicated world of fitness and to uncomplicate it or to make it so that you don't feel so darn alone because sometimes that's really easy to do, to feel alone as you try to figure all this out or to feel like this is, you're the only person that this has ever happened to and you're not. You're certainly not alone, and you're certainly not the first person to feel what you're feeling. Unfortunately, <laughs> or fortunately, it depends on how you look at it. So thank you so much, and go have an amazing day. And remember to go do great things, because you can.